everybody, and welcome back to the Bad Parents Podcast. This is Andrew L. Ramirez, and today's topic is the dread of Mr. Potato Head. My kids and I love to watch movies together. There's nothing like sitting around the couch on a warm Saturday afternoon in the living room with your feet up in a hot bag of freshly popped popcorn watching a really cool entertaining movie and we love watching movies because we get to spend time together we get to enjoy a message together we get to hear together sometimes we even get to dance together depending on the type of movie it is and one of the movies that we really enjoy watching is Toy Story Toy Story has four different movies in in the series and there's each movie has a different message and in Toy Story 3 they go out and they venture on saving Woody. Woody gets captured and he gets placed into this he gets placed into this daycare. And a daycare in, 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 the, in, the, in the toy world is very dangerous because the daycare is where the kids really play rough with all of the toys and they destroy the toys and, and, and none of the toys want to go there. And so the ones that get go that actually get stuck there are trapped because they want to leave, but nobody else wants to go, so they get stuck and trapped. So in this particular movie. This particular scene is when Buzz Lightyear decides that he's going to go on a mission to save Woody. And along with him goes Mr. Potato Head. And so as they're preparing to go, Mr. Potato Head's wife is preparing Mr. Potato Head for the journey. And as part of the journey, she opens up his back. If you've ever had a a Mr. Potato Head, you know that Mr. Potato Head's come with extra accessories they come with extra arms, extra feet, extra legs, extra glasses, extra ears, extra hats, just all kinds of extra accessories so that you can interchange the Mr. Potato Head. So in this particular scene, she's she's filling the back of his 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 storage spot with all of the goodies, and they recognize that he doesn't have one of his eyes. And so it's time to go, and anyways, they leave. They leave. And he goes with all of the accessories except for one of the eyes. And later on in the movie. He ends up looking for something. And the only reason he could see it is because he focuses in on the other missing eye. And the other missing eye gives him a completely different perspective. Because his eye is in a whole different place that's not connected to his body. And that's kind of what gives him the power and the foresight to fix whatever the situation was. Because he would not have been able to see how to fix the situation had it not been for his eye looking in another direction. And that's kind of the message today is that you have a reservoir of gifts and talents. Just like Mr. Potato Head has a, a reservoir of different accessories. But sometimes you can't see them even when your eyes are fixed directly in front of you. So sometimes we need to look in a different direction in order to see that. And that's what I want to talk about today. So what are some of the gifts and talents and some of the strengths and some of the power that you have, that you have inside of you, but for whatever reason, you haven't been using them because you're giving yourself a completely different perspective on things. You're blind to things right now. So think about any area of your family, your finance and your fitness and your faith and think about what is it that you're not using that you could use to improve that area of your life. And before we go on, I want you to think about it and even write down how is it that you can apply that 
to improve that area of your life today. So yesterday, my wife and I were having this particular conversation about Mr. Potato Head. And I always tell my wife, what good am I to have all of these gifts and talents that I've been given if I can't use them to help my own family? I have this vision of of doing training on a large scale and speaking on a large scale and coaching on a large scale. And I do it on a small scale now, but I have this vision of doing it on a large scale. Yet, there are times in my own life where I find that I cannot help the people in my house. And I say, if I can't help my friends, if I can't help my family, if I can't help those in my own house, what good am I to help others outside of my family? So as we were having this conversation about Mr. Potato Head, my wife and I, I looked over her and I said, what are the gifts and talents that you have that you're not expressing? What is it that's inside your Mr. Potato Head? And I want you to tell me, like sometimes she thinks it's a rhetorical question because I asked so many questions. So initially she was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so what is it? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm asking you specifically right now to tell me, to speak with your mouth, what are the gifts and the talents? What is inside your Mr. Potato Head? And as we sat there for a few minutes, my wife had a difficult time expressing what her gifts and her talents are. And that's because sometimes we don't see and we don't acknowledge what our gifts and our talents are. And as I continued to press on this one fact, I realized that there was something that was holding her back from being able to acknowledge, to even say what her strengths are. And that's because she has an underlying belief that holds her back. Now, I'll let you tell her what her underlying belief is because that's for her and only her to know uh, unless she wants to share it. But she does. And just like I have this underlying belief where I've talked about in the past where I feel like sometimes... I'm not good enough or the things that I do are not good enough or the material that I provide is not good enough. So then I don't acknowledge certain strengths. Like I I sometimes say I'm not clear enough and I don't speak well enough and I don't interact with people well enough and I don't train well enough and I don't and I don't and I don't. We have this we have this feeling and this need and this desire for whatever reason to self cut, to not give ourselves credit. So as we sat there and discussed it, I said, I want you to speak it because if you speak it, there's this important moment that's going to happen that's going to change you. And you're going to realize that the moment that you say it, that you speak it, you're going to have power over whatever it is. And so one thing after the next, I said, speak. Let me hear. Let me tell you the truth. And she kept saying, I don't know. I can't think of anything. I don't know. And you see, I write my, note, my, my wife notes. I write my wife and kids notes just about every day. And in those notes, I tell them something that I either honor them for, I'm proud of them for, something that I admire in them. And I looked at her and I said, look, I said, you may not be able to see it for yourself. I said, but there's a hundred other people that can see it. There's one person in particular, and that's me. So I started to go to my phone where I take pictures of these notes. And I told her, yesterday I wrote, they admire you for your strength. Do you think you're a strong person? I said, the day before that, I said, I admire you for your courage. Do you think you're a courageous person? As an, and as I continued to walk down the notes that I sent to her, she started to see that she was in fact denying herself her certain strengths and her certain powers that she had. So I said, let's walk over to the table and I want you to sit down and I want you to sit down and acknowledge 
some of the things that you refuse to see because your eyes aren't fixed properly. Your eyes are like Mr. Potato Head and off in the distance. And until you focus in on the eye, you will not be able to see the other perspective. So she sat down there and she hesitantly started to write on the paper. And it was almost like you could see the shaking of the paper. There was something holding her back. And so she wrote down a word. And then she wrote down another word. And then she wrote down another word. And I started to talk and, 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 and ask questions about what does that mean to you? And how have you used that? And how have you refused to use that? And then she started to open up and understand and see that she was more powerful than the credit that she was giving herself for. And so we took that little note, that little piece of paper that she had, and it had about 15 words when we were done with it. And I said, is that everything that you want to write on there? Is that everything that's coming to you right now? And I know, because I know my wife, I know that there are two things that she denies herself. And I, and I pressured her on it. And I said, there is something that you know you want to write that you are not writing. And I challenge you right now to write it down. And her hand shook. And she took this little marker to the paper. And she wrote it bigger than any of the other words that she wrote. And she started to cry. She started to cry because she had fought and she had refused to acknowledge that this one word was exactly who she is, was a gift that she's been given. It's a talent that she's cultivated over time, but one that she's denied herself. She's denied to accept it. And the moment that she was able to put it on paper, she had power over it. And then she wrote down another word after I said, there's one other word that holds you back from the other word. And, I, and again, I, I, I would like to give you all of her words, but I can't because this is her personal story. But as you think and talk through this, I think you can, you can probably put yourself in her shoes and understand where we're going with this and understand that there's something that you refuse to acknowledge even though it's barefaced right in front of you and you know that it is all of your strength and your power that you are not acknowledging. And so I sat there and I told her, there's one other thing that holds you back from being that person that you just wrote down on the paper. And she wrote F-E-A-R, fear. And I said, now I want you to complete that word. I said, because from the time that you were 17 and you had a brand new baby, I said, you were what? You had to go out and you had to survive and you were not scared of anything because you had to survive you had to support her you had to put a roof over your head you had to put food in her mouth you had to put clothes on her back you had to find a place to live you had to survive because you were what and she wrote l e s s she was fearless and so now that she acknowledged that she had been fearless in her life she could see the direction of where she needed to go because somewhere between being a young teenager, a single mom with a child, fearless, taking on the world just to, in order to survive and the time where she got into a comfort zone where she now developed this fear, there was something holding her back and it was just a simple acknowledgement of something that she had denied herself for so long and so now she set on this new path, this new course and with tears in her eyes, she said, I'm fearless and I've been fearless 
and I can do this. And I can move beyond wherever it is that I am that holds me back from acknowledging this other big word and all of the rest of the words that I wrote down. Written, that I wrote down. Courageous, inspirational, helpful, creative, and on and on. So as we wrap up today, I want you to think about your Mr. Potato Head. I want you to think about the gifts that you were given. I want you to think back on some of the times when you were in your younger years where it didn't matter what you had to do, that you just did it. And what were the things that you used? Was it ingenuity? Was it creativity? Was it just hard work? And what is it now that you're holding yourself back from? What are the things that you know that you have, the talents, that if you asked 10 people in your closest circle, they would tell you, no, you are this, 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 and this. And even though you know it, you refuse to admit it. And so today, as we discuss this concept of Mr. Potato Head and all of the accessories that he has, I want you to go forward today. I want you to embrace it. Embrace all of your accessories and the stories that come along with that. Because most of the things that we use, most of the things that we learn have come through the problems that we overcome. And those problems are from a story. And your story, as I tell people, is your glory. We don't run from it. We embrace it. So embrace your story. Tell your story through your tools. And then by using that, you can improve yourself. But not only can you improve yourself, you can improve your relationships and your influence with others. So take some time today to think about the message today about Mr. Potato Head. Think about the strengths and talents that you have that you don't acknowledge or that you refuse to use. Put them on a piece of paper and take them with you and begin to acknowledge them. Begin to cultivate them and begin to use them. And the sooner that you use them, the sooner you'll be able to rescue your own woodies and be the hero of your own story. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Bad Parents Podcast, where we talked about the dread of Mr. Potato Head. This is your host, Andrew L. Ramirez. And until next time, learn, live, and lead your way to your legacy. Have a great day.